From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A small number of people with severe cases of COVID-19 are developing diabetes. Here to talk with me about the possible connection between COVID-19 and diabetes is Dr. Ruth Weinstock. She's a professor of medicine at Upstate who leads the Jocelyn Diabetes Center, and she's chief of the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism at Upstate University Hospital. She's also the 2021 American Diabetes Association President, Medicine and Science. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Weinstock. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'd like to start with some general questions about COVID and diabetes. Are people who have diabetes more prone to contracting COVID-19? That's an excellent question. Uh, it turns out that people with diabetes are not more prone to catching COVID, um, but if they get COVID, uh, if they do are exposed to COVID and get and are infected, then they're uh, much more likely to have much more serious complications from the COVID. So they're at very high risk for having bad outcomes if they get COVID, but there's no evidence that they're more susceptible to COVID. And by bad outcomes, I mean more likely to be hospitalized um, uh, over uh, in some studies three or more times more likely to end up in an intensive care unit on a ventilator or breathing machine. And unfortunately, about three times more likely to die. About 40% of the fatality, COVID fatalities in hospitals are people with diabetes. So their risk once they develop COVID is quite high. So uh, we are encouraging everyone with diabetes to get vaccinated and to take all the public health precautions, masks, social distancing, washing hands, et cetera. Now, does this uh, apply to people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes? And can you kind of give us a, a definition of each? Yeah, so it appears that no matter what type of diabetes you have, uh, your risk is very high. So this, this applies to both type 1 and type 2. And actually, the risk, uh, there are other risk factors that some people with diabetes have. So if you're older, if you have heart disease, if you have kidney disease, if you have high blood pressure, um, uh, if you're taking insulin, if your diabetes is not well controlled, meaning your uh, blood sugars are elevated, there's a test we use called hemoglobin A1C. If the A1C is over 7.5%, all of those are risk factors for uh, having more severe COVID illness if you do contract COVID. The difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes, um, the majority of people in the United States and worldwide have type 2 diabetes. And that's a, a disease uh, that is commonly associated with obesity, but not you don't have to be overweight or obese to get it. Um, or the majority of people are, uh, as well as sedentary lifestyle. And it's heterogeneous. Um, there are actually probably subtypes within type 2 diabetes. But basically, your body usually still makes some insulin, um, but it's resistant to the action of insulin so that you um, need more insulin to keep your blood sugars normal. And type 2 diabetes can be treated with uh, oral agents um, as well as non-insulin injectables in many people. So not everybody with type 2 diabetes needs insulin. And that's very different from type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes, which people think of as diagnosed in youth and young people, actually can have its onset at any age, including uh, adults of any age. And in that disease, it's 
called autoimmune. That means the body is fighting itself. It's destroying its own insulin producing cells. And those individuals definitely need insulin therapy, usually three or four injections a day or an insulin pump. So those, those are some of the, the differences. But uh, type 2 diabetes can occur in children, even though it's more common in adults. And type 1 diabetes can occur in adults. Are COVID vaccinations equally effective in people with and without diabetes, do you know? Um, so far, as far as we know, it appears to be the case. Um, there have not been separate vaccination studies in people with diabetes, but uh, the vaccines were given to people with diabetes in the uh, clinical trials, and it appears from the uh, small numbers of people with diabetes, relatively small numbers, who were given the vaccine that it was equally effective. Now, I've heard that some hospitals are seeing an uptick in the number of people who are newly diagnosed with diabetes, and I wonder what you're seeing in central New York. So that um, that is also a very complex question. So any stress, any infection can increase blood sugar levels and can it's something we call stress hyperglycemia. And for people who have risk factors for developing diabetes, who maybe had pre-diabetes or were genetically susceptible to developing diabetes, they may be more uh, prone to actually develop diabetes with stress. In addition, a number of the medications that we use, particularly the steroid med medications, dexamethasone, that have been successfully used in people with COVID who are hospitalized and have severe disease, those medications are known to raise blood sugars. So uh, it, it is actually a very complex issue. COVID also causes inflammation. Um, and whether it can trigger autoimmunity in, for people who are prone to autoimmunity and type 1 diabetes is still an open question. Another open question is whether it can directly destroy insulin-producing cells in the pancreas. So that is something that is being looked at very closely. Um, in the past, there have been viral infections that have been known to trigger autoimmunity and type the development of type 1 diabetes. And there also have been instances of direct damage to insulin-producing cells. Whether either of those are happening right now with COVID is an area of active research. Um, whether numbers are really going up in terms of new diagnoses of diabetes prior uh, to entering the hospital, um, that is also a bit really honestly unknown. We are part of a large registry project that is looking at that. Uh, it's a bit unclear as to whether people um, are staying home longer because they're afraid to go to the hospital um, or it's a complicated question, but that is something that is also an active area of research, um, both in the U.S. and worldwide, and we are contributing to uh, those data here at Upstate. Um, so let me, so if a person who has survived COVID-19 is now dealing with diabetes, it's not clear that it would have been caused by COVID-19. It might just be the stress of the situation contributed to the development. Yeah, it's, it is unclear. So there are um, there was one report published very recently where they actually looked at people who developed who were admitted to the hospital with COVID, uh, had diabetes, which had not been previously diagnosed. They um, fortunately survived the COVID, 
and were discharged home, and many of them were no longer had elevated blood sugars. Now, whether they'll be whether they will redevelop diabetes in the future or not is unclear. Um, there also have been some patients, though, who have been admitted with new onset diabetes with the COVID and required diabetes medications when they went home. So again, a lot we have to learn. We need to follow these individuals longer term to see if the diabetes is permanent um, and to see if they are at risk for developing diabetes in the future, even if it goes away. And there's precedent for that. So for example, there's a type of diabetes called gestational diabetes. This is a type of diabetes that women develop when they become pregnant. They did not have diabetes before they conceived, but pregnancy um, is associated with the secretion of a number of hormones and those hormones can raise your insulin requirements. And so there are some women who it's like a stress test on the pancreas and there some, for some women their pancreas cannot make enough insulin during a pregnancy, normally your insulin requirements go way up during pregnancy and your pancreas can keep up with that. But if you can't, it's gestational diabetes. Typically those women, after they deliver, their blood sugars return to normal, but they are at very high risk of developing diabetes in the future. Um, and again, it, it, they had the risk to, to start with. They had probably limited um, insulin secretory reserve. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, speaking with Dr. Ruth Weinstock, who leads the Jocelyn Diabetes Center at Upstate. So uh, some people that develop diabetes immediately after or months after surviving COVID-19, what are the symptoms that people may notice that would tell them, you know, something's going on and they need to, you know, see a physician? So many times uh, people with diabetes don't have symptoms and that's a problem. <laughs> um, if the blood sugars are not extremely high, they may, they may feel a little more tired, but not understand really why they're tired. I mean, there are many reasons why people are tired. <laughs> a lot of people are stressed, um, but other symptoms could be being more thirsty, urinating more often, having to get up more times during the night to urinate, um, uh, feeling more hungry, losing weight without trying to lose weight, having infections that don't heal. All of those are, are, um, are indicators that you better get your blood sugar checked right away. Now, if you had diabetes in the hospital, you were diagnosed with diabetes or your blood sugars were high when you were hospitalized with COVID, you did not have diabetes before that, and your blood sugars were normal on discharge, then I would regularly have it checked by your primary care provider. Do you think, is this something that might be able to be controlled through diet or do many of these patients require, you know, diabetes medications? And so that's going to vary also. Some people will require um, uh, pharmacological therapy, oral medications or injectable medications and others perhaps not. Again, there's a lot we have, have to learn about this and it depends on how much uh, insulin reserve ability they, they still have to make and secrete insulin. And I know you said that it's unclear yet whether uh, diabetes would, you know, be permanent or, or if it would resolve on its own. Um, what do you say to patients in this situation? Is there anything they can do to make it go away? Well, so um, for all patients, um, you know, when they get home and hopefully they're feeling better, uh, uh, that healthy diet is extremely important. 
um, being physically active as best as you can, um, uh, not being sedentary. Um, to if they are overweight or obese, um, some weight loss can be extremely helpful. For someone who's obese, it doesn't mean necessarily they have to get back to a normal body weight, but even if they lost 10 pounds, that over, you know, that could be over time, that could be extremely helpful. So healthy lifestyle is really important. If they're a smoker, definitely stop smoking. Um, those are, those are all uh, recommendations, lifestyle recommendations that can be extremely helpful. So we've heard that um, COVID-19 is this res mostly respiratory virus, but we do know that um, this virus SARS-CoV-2 um, can affect other organs of the body. Do we know specifically what it does or does it do anything to the pancreas? So there are conflicting reports on that as well. There have been studies that um, suggests that there is pancreatic damage in some patients with COVID infections. Um, and other reports, uh, it's less clear whether COVID actually is directly affecting the insulin-producing cells. But again, that's an area of active research. We just don't have the answer yet. There's not enough people, and we just haven't had the time to, to do what needs to be done to figure it out? Uh, yeah, and, and it's um, difficult to... Uh, discern whether there is direct damage to the insulin-producing cells called beta cells. We don't biopsy pancreases. <laughs> There's some danger associated to doing that. So, um, so that is not something that's done. What other questions do you, as a provider and also as a researcher, what other questions do you have still about this disease? So we have lots of questions. We want to figure out... Um, what makes people with diabetes at higher risk? How can we uh, reduce that risk? Um, clearly, that's extremely important. Are there any medications that we're prescribing to treat diabetes that are, would um, help them have a better outcome from COVID or are contributing to their increased risk? Are there certain medications that perhaps should be avoided? Are there other medications that should be added? So there's a, there are a lot of questions. Um, that we have, uh, and um, a lot of people are working on this. Thank you to Dr. Ruth Weinstock. She's a professor of medicine at Upstate and also the chief of the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism at Upstate University Hospital. She's also the 2021 American Diabetes Association President, Medicine and Science. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.